Your time is now. The world needs leaders. It's up to you to answer the call. Be better in business. Be better in life. Joined by our host, Chris Book. This is Leading by the Book. Hey, guys. Welcome to Leading by the Book. I'm Chris Book. Hope you're doing well wherever you're at. If you're new to the show, appreciate you stopping by and spending some time your week with us. If you do like the show, we'd love it if you would subscribe. Would also love it if you left us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts, and if you did us a quick favor and told all your friends about it as well. Today, I've got a great topic. I think something that is going to apply to us all at different points in our careers, and that's this, the topic of confidence, how we boost confidence and how we bring it back once we've started to lose a little bit. So the fact of the matter is, no matter who we are, no matter how great an executive we are, how great a leader we are, how much we're leading our teams effectively, everybody, even the strongest of us, is going to deal with a confidence blow from time to time. And this confidence loss can be killer because obviously we seek to lead our teams by example. And if we're not leading these teams appropriately, if we're not leading them confidently in a certain direction, they're not going to follow us very well. And of course, nobody wins when it comes to that. But I think even subsequent to that, we're going to see this idea of confidence loss occur much more in perhaps ourselves, but also in our teams um, to a much increasing level in the years to come. Why? Because I think anxiety in professionals is rising at a rapid rate and technology and social media certainly do not help with this. They very much exacerbate the situation. We're constantly plagued by the ding of our email and notifications on our phone to draw our attention away. And, and this, of course, creates a little anxiety. And you know, I think anxiety also um, ratchets up when you think of social media and what it does with this comparison game where I'm looking at other people and they're doing certain things or they're living their lives a certain way or they have certain things. This all ratchets up anxiety in us. And and, and that's anxiety that's not confidence. But anxiety certainly um, can be a byproduct of confidence and vice versa. So I think that this idea of confidence and the things that can contribute to our confidence loss certainly are going to be played out to a much higher degree in years to come. Now, one thing that, that I've also noticed here lately is that individuals do seem to be a lot quicker to get down on themselves and give up on themselves and really lose their confidence than they used to be. I've seen this in colleagues. I've seen it in my own teams. and I've definitely seen it myself over the years. But we can never say that this is not going to happen to us because it's going to. It's, it's a lie if we say that it's not going to happen to us. I don't care how strong a leader we are, how stubborn we are. It's going to happen to us. But we're not going to ignore this. That's not what we do. If we want to be leaders, we tackle problems head on, and that's what we're going to do here. So since we can't outrun this, we need to make sure that we've armed ourselves to tackle this head on and that we've got our work essentially laid out for us in terms of what we're going to do. We need to be well armed to deal with this threat. So perhaps the, the first step to all of this is being self-aware. And for the sake of this conversation, we're going to treat that as a given. But you have to be self-aware enough to know that when you have a minor setback in your confidence level, because if you do not correct that minor setback, it very, very quickly becomes a major setback. And this snowballs and it can get out of control. So I was all set to speak and write about this topic this week for, for quite a while now. Um, it was just in the last few days that I was actually reading Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. And that is a fantastic book. If you, if you like the book or you're interested in it, there's a link on, on leadingbythebook.com. We'd love it if you checked it out because it is such a great book. But one of the stories that he tells right out of the gate, I think, really spoke to this. At, le at least it did in my mind. And oddly enough, it's a story of the lobster. Lobster is about 350 million years old, so it is a damn resilient animal. But 
what's funny is in the lobster community, um, and it very much parallels the human community, but we're going to use lobsters as the example here. As lobsters fight with each other for dominance and territory within their communities, there is a fundamental change in the physical posture of the lobster. So lobsters that win are very proud. So think of it as us walking with our shoulders back, chest stuck out, you know, chin high, you know, very, very proud. You know, coincidentally, when we lose an argument, fight, whatever it is that, that kind of deals with blowing our confidence, we slump over. And, and, you know, you can just see body language. And the same obviously happens in the lobster community. But when they were studying these lobsters, what they found is that depending on whether or not a lobster won or lost a confrontation, there was actually not only a change in posture, but a chemical change in their brains. And what they saw is that the level of serotonin, um, which is directly linked, of course, to confidence, rose when, when these lobster would win these confrontations and fell when it wouldn't. Beyond that, and, and where it gets really applicable to us here, is that in the future, when they would have a skirmish, the odds of, of a lobster that had high serotonin levels winning were actually much higher than what you would expect, expect the statistical probability to be. So what we see is this snowball effect that confidence can have. So the more the more confident we are, the more and more and more it's going to build up and it's going to prevent us from downside. But on the flip side, and what I was talking about previously, is that the more we get down on ourselves and if we let this go unchecked, the serotonin levels are going to fall and fall and fall and fall. And before we know it, we're at a spot that it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to come back from. So I think that is it was just a very interesting depiction of what we're getting at here, which is catch this quick and change what you can, because if you don't, it's going to get out of control very quickly. So presuming that we're self-aware enough to sense this and, and get out in front of this problem, how do we keep this as just a minor setback and prevent it from becoming a major setback? For me, I break it down into three big points here. The first of these, situational awareness. Second of these, gratitude. The third of these, physical response. So on the situational awareness side, first things first. You have to evaluate the situation. You have to understand that there's always an opportunity in whatever has caused this lack of confidence. If you're not succeeding, then you've got to make sure that you're learning something from this situation. So in this case, what is it that you can learn? Is it a deficiency in your skill set? If so, acquire that skill and move forward. Perhaps it's another lesson, but whatever it is, find the value in that situation. From here, like we always talk about, make a plan, execute it, and move forward. Spinning your wheels will increase your anxiety and help that confidence loss to snowball. That's the last thing that we can afford to have happen. After all, leaders are action-oriented. We say it time and time again. So figure out what those next steps are and work the plan. What I've found is that direct action is perhaps the best antidote for hits to your confidence. It's the proverbial getting back on the horse. But doing something, any activity that moves you forward, will immediately rectify that confidence loss that you have. Now, it's also helpful to remember that you're not the first person in history to lose confidence. You're going to look around the room. Let's say you're in a meeting. Look around the boardroom there. Everybody in that room has at some point and will again lose their confidence. And in fact, they may actually have it gone right now. Don't trust these outward facades. You're not alone in this battle. Everybody fights it and plenty of people in history have overcome it. There's no reason that you can't too. The second facet that I talk about is gratitude. Now, this one may seem a little odd, might seem a little bit out of place because we're so action-oriented and strong and all those great leadership traits that we talk about. But gratitude is so massively important in conjunction to working this plan. And I, under I do understand, it does seem a little bit soft, and perhaps it is. But when our confidence is under siege, taking a moment to think about what you're grateful for 
is incredibly helpful to calm the negative voices that we have in our head. And it's way too easy for our mind to take us down rabbit holes of what ifs. You know, for instance, you're in a meeting and you botch a presentation. Okay, fine. You go back to your office. But before you know it, in your mind, you've already been fired, run out of money, you're living in your parents' basement eating TV dinners. Our minds make things so much worse than they need to be if we let them go unchecked. And gratitude, oddly enough, is a great way to quiet our mind, take inventory of all the great things that we have, and really focus on what we do now. I know it seems like it's, it's a little bit crazy, but it really is a great opportunity to rectify what's going on in our head and to keep us on the right track. And being thankful for things is never a bad thing. It's very, very good, obviously. The third thing is physical activity. All leaders need to be fit, and this is not the form where I'm going to get into why physical fitness is so important, but just take it for what it's worth. If you want to be a good leader, you have to be fit. It really is that simple. I don't care if you work a desk job where you're sitting eight hours a day. You have to be fit. But one of the reasons for it, and what I'm talking about here directly, is that there are obviously chemicals in our brain that are produced when we work out that can help us to feel confident and to be confident. Obviously, I'm talking about endorphins in this case. Now, I love endurance sports. I raced Ironman for many years. Um, was a cyclist. But I do find, oddly enough, that lifting heavy objects, throwing things around like an animal, really rapidly releases these endorphins for me. May work for you. Maybe you like something else. Whatever it is, get those endorphins flown because there's a direct link between your ability to release those and your recognition of confidence. The other benefit of physical activity, the one that I think is the most important, is the simple idea of placing us in control. Forcing yourself to do something physical will breed confidence in you. It will make you feel ownership over yourself. And when you feel ownership over yourself, you can make yourself do anything. You know, oddly, this is one of the reasons that I love taking cold plunges in the morning. Every morning I dump in a, jump in a pool. It's probably a little bit under 50 degrees and I sit on the bottom for a little bit. And it's really cold and it's not pleasant. But yes, it's, it's good for my health. It's good for inflammation and things like that. But this idea mentally that I can force myself to do anything makes me have confidence that whatever I encounter during that day I can handle. I can overcome it. So this idea of doing something physical, forcing us to do something that maybe we don't want to because we're tired or lazy, dejected, whatever it is, reversing that course and owning it in your mind is a massively important facet when it comes to boosting your confidence or getting it back when you've lost it. One other component of the physical category here that I've recently found helpful is that of meditation. I'm, I'm very, very new to meditation, but one thing that I have found over probably the past six months or so is that the more stressful the situation I find myself in, the more meditation seems to supercharge my ability to deal with it. It has a remarkable effect for calming my brain and really putting me in a place where action can be directly applicable to the task at hand and getting my confidence back on track. It very much quiets it, and it really mitigates any potential damage that this loss of confidence can have. So again, physical activity, gratitude, situational awareness. Those three things, if you attack them right, can really nip this confidence loss in the bud. And remember, you're not alone with this. Everybody is going to deal with it. Everybody may look like they have it together, but they don't. If you follow these steps, if you catch it early, if you're aware enough to realize when it's happening, you can take this and turn it into a positive for you. That's all we have this week for Leading by the Book. If you want to get in touch with us, you can always find us, leadingbythebook.com. You can shoot me a message on Twitter, at Chris Book. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you, answer any questions that you have on the show if it might be applicable to our broader audience here. But until next time, we'll see you soon.